Our scripture reading for this evening's homily is from John 1, uh, verses 1 through 18, which is printed in your bulletin. Please hear now the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son of God from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You pray for us. Father, thank you for sending your son who is full of grace and truth. That he might live for us and die for us for our sins on the cross. May we be sobered by the costly price paid to purchase our salvation. Father, I pray that you would humble us as we see how awful our sin must have been in order to have such a price paid for it. Father, may you also give us rest and peace and assurance that indeed what Christ has done is fully and completely sufficient and finished. Humble us and assure us by your spirit, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Our passage this evening is taken from, taken from John 1, 1 through 18, but I want us to focus on just a couple of verses, 9 through 11. Let me read those verses again. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. First 18 verses of the Gospel of John are a beautiful and poetic rendering of who Jesus is, what he came to do, and how the world responded to him. Jesus, the Son of God, who made all things, is the light of the world. And as the light of the world, he came to bring salvation to all who believe. Yet, when the light of Christ came into the world, the world rejected him. From the fall of Adam to the birth of Christ, mankind had been groaning under the weight of our sin, brokenness, misery, sickness, and death. Yet when Christ our Savior appeared, when the light of the world came into the world, we rejected him. 
we turned away from the very salvation he came to bring. And the question is, why? Why? Why should the world reject the one that came to save us? Why when the creator of the world, the light of the world, came into the world to save his creation, did mankind snuff him out in the darkness of their sin? Where does humanity's love of darkness and rejection of the light come from? It's true we live in a fallen world. We know this. Creation is broken and the effects of brokenness are ever with us. Sickness, death, natural disasters, the futility of our labors. It's also true that there are spiritual forces in the world that are opposed to God. But I don't believe that the world and spiritual darkness account for all of the darkness in the world. They can't account for the whole story. There's another darkness in the world. It's a darkness we don't often want to talk about. And that darkness is us. We are a part of the darkness of this world. This darkness, it isn't simply a darkness of mankind, broadly speaking. A darkness that is out there. There is a darkness that resides in us, in our hearts. The hearts of every single person gathered here this evening. It is our sin that is a part of the darkness that surrounds us in the world. Sin isn't just out there. It's in here. It's in us. G.K. Chesterton was an English author during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And during his lifetime, the London Times wrote an article which raised this question. What is wrong with the world? What's wrong with the world? And to this question, Chesterton famously responded with this brief letter to the newspaper. To the question, what's wrong with the world, he wrote this. Dear sirs, I am G.K. Chesterton. The truth that Chesterton acknowledged is the truth that we so often try to hide. Mankind innately is more comfortable in darkness than we are in the light. We would rather hide our sin and shame than have it exposed to the world. We would rather run from our sins than acknowledge them and face them. Enter Jesus. When Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world, he shined a spotlight on the darkness and the sin of our hearts. And he revealed this awful truth, that in the deepest way possible, humanity is born in rebellion against God. In our heart of hearts, we are desperately wicked. Rather than mankind running to the light of Christ for freedom from our sin, mankind runs from it. We do not want the light of the holiness of Christ shining on our hearts because we do not want our sin to be exposed. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, when they had sinned and, and God came to speak with them, what did they do? They ran. They hid from his voice and they sewed together leaves in order to cover themselves because they were ashamed and they wanted to hide their shame. And we, like them, run from God, the light of Christ, and seek to hide our sin and our shame. Later in John 3, John says it this way. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. When God, through the light of Christ's 
holiness reveals our sinfulness, we will do everything we can to resist that truth. We hide from it, we deflect it, we justify ourselves, all in an attempt to avoid the light of Christ and the accusations that the light of Christ brings. Good Friday, for, Good Friday forces us to reckon with the light of Christ and what it reveals. It requires us to look deeply within ourselves and to deal with the reality of what lies within us. On the cross, what Jesus was doing was answering the question, what is wrong with the world? And Jesus' response, his answer to that question is, we are. We are. It was our sin that required the remedy of the cross. It's God's wrath against our sin that Christ bore upon the cross. It's our rebellion against the holy God that required the precious blood of the Son of God in order to attain for, atone for our sins. As the hymn, How Deep the Father's Love says, Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. Rather than embracing the light of Christ, mankind, including us, we rejected the light of Christ and we murdered the Son of God in order to silence his accusations against us. This harsh reality, as hard as it is for us to acknowledge, it is the first step that we must take in order to understand just how glorious Christ's sacrifice is. John Stott says it this way, before we can see the cross as something done for us, we must first see that the cross is something done by us. Have you come to terms with this reality? Have you come to terms with the reality of your sin, that you need a Savior. If you haven't, I, I encourage you, do not wait. Respond to what Christ offers. Don't run from the light. Run towards the light of Christ. Don't run from his accusation. Embrace them as true. Acknowledge your sin and run to him. Jesus calls to us in John 8. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And again in John 12, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Acknowledge the darkness of your sin and allow the light of the life of Christ to extend mercy and forgiveness to you. Friends, in order for Good Friday to be good for us, we must first come face to face with the reality of why Good Friday was necessary for us. Whether for the first time or the 5,000th time, we must acknowledge our sin and acknowledge the reality that Christ's substitutionary death in our place should dissolve our hearts in thankfulness and melt our hearts in tears. For those of you here who have professed faith maybe many years ago, it's so easy for us to begin to forget, to begin to look past, yes, I know this. I've heard about the cross. I, I know that he died for me. I know that he paid for my sins. Jesus Christ died for my sins. I know this. And then we move on because of the familiarity with it. But as C.J. Mahaney says, we never move on from the cross only into a more profound understanding 
of it. We never move on from the agony and the glory of the cross of Christ. It's at the center of what we believe. It's the touchstone that we continually come back to that humbles us. It reminds us of the depth of our sin and the price that was paid for that sin. Listen again to the third verse of stricken, smitten, and afflicted, which we just sang. Ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here at the cross of Christ may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed, see who bears the awful load, tis the word, the Lord's anointed, son of man and son of God. Friends, when we are tempted to minimize our sin, to think of it lightly, mark the sacrifice appointed. Our sins were so heinous, they were so dark, they were so rebellious, that God had to sacrifice His Son in order to pay for them. That's what our sin is. That is what our sin costs. The cross of Christ is also a touchstone that continually assures us of our salvation. As the fourth, fourth verse of stricken, smitten, and afflicted says, Here we have a firm foundation. Here the refuge of the lost. Christ's the rock of our salvation. His the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sinners wounded. Sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded. Who on him their hope have built. Friends, there is no more sure foundation than the cross of Christ. Every sin that we have committed has been paid for. And all those who trust in Christ, we will never be confounded. We will never find that what Christ has done is insufficient. It is more than sufficient to pay for all of our sins. Therefore, we can always run to the light of Christ and find there a sure foundation, a refuge for the lost. May Good Friday be a moment when each of us are reminded, yes, our sin is dark. And there was a heavy price that had to be paid for our sin. May it also remind us of the light of Christ's salvation, which the darkness can never overcome. And may it remind us of the sure hope that all of us have who believe on him, the light of the world who came into the world to save us. We'll now take some time for silent reflection and also to confess our sins in preparation for the Lord's Supper. Please take a moment to silently reflect and confess your sins. Please join me now as we pray the Lord's Prayer together.
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand now and hear the assurance of God's pardon offered to us through Christ. Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But, but, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 